happening party people and welcome to another edition of talking during movies we are so close to 104 and we're starting the celebration early with 104 we got some champagne i got some cookies from whole foods that's right now let's uh let's get uh the the, the goofy stuff out of the way get at us at talking during movies on instagram email us talking during movies podcast at gmail.com weirdly enough that is that's the way that you guys all reach out you could you could leave a comment no on the Instagram, mm-hmm. you uh, you could leave a comment on SoundCloud. Sometimes you guys do that. Uh, you could give five stars, but instead I just get countless fucking emails from you psychopaths, and I love you for it. I do, except for the people that keep saying you missed the favorite, my favorite part of the movie. So let me just quick quick cursor again. I don't know you. I'd like to. Let's hang out. Let's. Uh, why don't you fly to Austin, Texas? I'll buy you a beer at Dive Bar and Lounge. But come on, man. I don't. I don't know. And I don't share the movies in advance because I like surprises. And honestly, you're probably listening in the car anyways, screaming as I'm pronouncing a name wrong, saying Sam Donaldson instead of Sam Elliott. All these are mistakes by me because I'm not a perfect person, but I am forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, hanging on the cross right now. What's up? Hey folks, this edition of Talking During Movies is brought to you by the often copied, never duplicated coronavirus. (laughs) Oh man. It's a doozy. And by the way, for you people that are like, that's really insensitive. People are dying. Hard pause, folks. A lot of bad things happen around the world, and we're making a big deal out of the sniffles right now, okay? Maybe we should fix our diets, eat a little bit healthier, and not worried about something named after a beer. And by all means, a super shitty beer that's really only good when you travel to Mexico and you're stuck on a beach, and that's the only thing you get. And then here's the kicker. Here's the, don't ever buy a Corona beer on the beach in Mexico. Because the guy walks up, he's got the cooler, he's dragging the sand, it looks so heavy, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna help this person out. It's like, cold Corona? I love a cold Corona, thank you so much. They get the beer, they open it up, you're like, oh, you reach for it, the guy's like, da, da, da. You're like, what, well, the beer, I paid for the beer, I want the beer, give me the beer, I want the beer. Well, hold on a second. Then he gets his black backpack, takes it off his back, and he pulls out this styrofoam cup that is so hot, it looks like it came out of the microwave, and it's melted in some parts, and then he takes that ice cold Corona, and he pours it, and his head's flowing over the top, and pouring everywhere, and like, what's going on? like, there's your beer. That's not my beer anymore. That's a hot mess is what that is. He's like, welcome to Mexico. Anyways, would you like another one? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll take two. Just fill it up, please. Do some, get some ice? No? Hey, thanks for the sand residue on the bottom. That was nice to grind on my teeth. Folks, buy your beers at bars. You get your fun, fruity drinks on the beach in your hopefully biodegradable, no straws cup, right? 
Don't give me that styrofoam shit, all right? Especially the hot one, don't do it, all right? This is, this is your public service announcement, and also the reasons why you should fear hot beer more than the coronavirus. Just honestly, man, take care of yourself. Have some, have some vitamins. Go ahead and eat healthy a couple times. Uh, you know, work out a little bit, get some fresh air. Uh, lick some random things just to build your immune system up. Right, this is what we're working on, folks. There you go. We're also brought to you by the world-famous Dive Bar and Lounge, 1703 Guadalupe, Austin, Texas. You can visit them online. You can visit them on Instagram. You can do it even better. Get your happy ass on a plane or on a scooter or in an Uber or a Lyft or a cab or a mom car, whatever you got to do to get over here and have a beer. It's up to you. It's super fun. It's awesome. We're also brought to you by Colorblind Designs, the ultimate six-pack carrier. It is amazing. You want to make your friends jealous who drink beer? Oh, Tom, oh, you got a, you got a beer fridge? That's cool. If it's 1950 and you're the Cleavers, I'm an adult, Tom. I've got a six-pack carrier. I can not only defend my home with this, I can also keep beers cold, open beers, and drink beers. So why don't you take your BioFreeze, de earth-destroying refrigerator, suck a bag of dicks, Tom, because let me tell you, I'm a winner, and I love the environment, and I reduce, reuse, reduce, recycle. That's what I do. What do you do? Yeah, get your Freon. Why don't you go lick some more Freon, you son of a bitch? Rainforest is dying. It's calling, Tom. Ah, it's got coronavirus, Tom. Why? Because you're not using your six-pack carrier, ice, cold beer, open it up, have a good time. Now, with all that said, our guest is still here. It's fucking amazing. Usually guests leave by now. Usually they're there like, no, okay, I didn't know what I signed up for. I gotta go. Get the fuck out of here. This is, no, 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 no. I thought we were watching a movie. We're not. Here's the psycho with a microphone. This is not okay. <laughs> Susie, what is happening, my friend? Yo, hi. Yeah. <laughs> hi. That was quite the intro. Isn't it nice? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the often copy never duplicated the the returning artist champion of Austin, Texas, who has grown. I mean, just, you know, some people grow out of a city. This lady didn't grow out of a city. She catapulted out of the city. She's traveling all over the world, painting, doing a make. Tell people, one, where they can find you and a little bit about your art before then we dive into this movie. Sure, so uh, I'm Zuzu, hey. Um, <laughs> you can find me on uh, all the social medias, um, Zuzu B, or you know, just type Deep in Deep in TikTok? Uh, no, so oh, well, I lied already. Uh, I don't even know what TikTok is, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, I think you have to be a kid who likes to dance and lip sync or a Kind of a pedophile. I think those are, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of weirdos on TikTok. So do you have to? No, no, no. I'm, I'm too old. I get on TikTok and like, hey, Tammy, your dad's on TikTok again. It's really gross. Don't do it. It's like when I try to go into Kung Fu, you know, and Geo's and there's like, Jason, get over here. And they're like, I think someone's dad's here. Hide. <laughs> Fuck. I'm not, okay, I am that old. Never mind. I think probably, no, nope, never mind. <laughs> so you're on all the socials. You're on Instagram. Uh, okay. You got the YouTube. No, you know what? I'm gonna go back. I'm not on all the socials. You can find me on Instagram at Zuzu B. Uh, my website is IHavePinkHair.com. You do have pink hair too. I do have pink hair. Um, I've also had that website and pink hair for ten years, so nice. it's going strong. One and dedicated stylist all ten years. Or are you bouncing around? Uh, the pink is the same. Yeah, it's my nice. best girlfriend, and she's not even a hairstylist. She's just talented. She's just got skills that pay the bills. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So you've got that. Uh, you are you, you're a very very accomplished artist. Thank you. Very uh, honored to have you on. Uh, you um, you chose the movie, mm -hmm. which you said, hey, this fits me. I like this. Yeah. So let everyone know what movie are we watching today? 
We are watching Alice in Wonderland. I love it. We're going to hit play right now, folks. So are you uh, keeping score at home? That's not it. Uh, we are, uh, we're, you know what, we're just, we're 15 seconds in. This is the 1972 version. There's a big hawk flying in. I mean, this is, this screams Alice in Wonderland. I, I wonder if Amazon got the right phone for us. Uh, Alice, in Adventure, Alice Adventures in Wonderland, here we go. I think that was just a weird intro. It was just, it was a super weird intro. This is like, we're right about the centennial. It's in there, some movie are going, we're going to bring an eagle in or something. <laughs> what? America's going to turn 100, we're going to bring an eagle in. <gasps> we just got to do it. And they're like, oh, okay, Tom. Nice red, white, and blue shades you got there. We're, we're all American. It's okay. Although we have to do it this way. So what do you like? What is it about Alice in Wonderland that you uh, that you enjoy first? Well, honestly, I've never seen this version. Okay. So I'm but very still excited. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's, you know, so it's the, the story's Lewis Carroll. Similar. Um, but I grew up watching the, the Disney version uh, and all Disney movies, and uh -huh. I just loved watching her fall into this world of imaginary like playland where like anything exists and you can imagine anything and I don't know I, I just related to that as a kid and still do you know like this is you didn't know it at the time but then you look at like this was a precursor to Burning Man yeah look at you Lewis Carroll you snide son of a bitch seriously it kind of is isn't it have you been to Burning Man I have not okay I would love to go um I, I feel like I'm out of the window now of no when way. I probably could or couldn't go no way no no because <laughs> I'll be up there going Oh, so, oh, look, it's all the dry boogers in my nose. This is awful. A lot of sand everywhere. Uh, that is true, but there's, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of people there. I mean, there's people that bring their kids. They, they bring, bring kids there? There's like family camps, yeah. Family camps? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is called microdosing, or as kids call it, dosing. <laughs> look at how much better Tommy's art is. I'm joking, Burning Man fans, right? I know you don't drug kids, Jesus. Uh, no, um, so Burning Man, it's it's out in the desert. I've had, I have a lot of friends that go. I have a lot of people that uh, that I call friends that I just follow online that go. Um, it seems like, and what I hear from everyone, is it is this beautiful recharge. Is yes. that how you see it? Yes, it's many things. It's definitely a recharge. It's absolutely beautiful. As an artist, the you know I go to see the art and to have the experience and to just be you're just mind blown the whole time. I mean, okay. you're in the middle of the desert. The elements are crazy, and you're riding a bike and walking around with your friends, and everyone is so friendly and so loving and so giving. And you just think to yourself, why is the world not like this, or why am I not like this? You know, in what we call the default world, sure, which is this now. But it's just a... There's always like one bad beat cop who's trying to infiltrate with a mustache, no, short shorts, dressed like a, like a shitty umpire. Hey, you guys got any weed, man? I'll pay for it, man. You're like, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? I have not experienced that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Excellent. That's good to hear. Yeah. Can we talk about these outfits real quick? As we're... Yes. Because, hold on. For those of you, these three young ladies are getting row, row, rowed their boats gently down the stream by two dudes that also look like they could run a Dapper Dandy song or cut your hair in 1925. And it's like, so what are you doing there, ladies? You got the news, the news, the news of the day is over here. And it's like, all right there, champ, calm down. So we've got one of the things um, as, you know, so we met, do you remember the first time we met? Nope. I do. It was at a Hope art event, Hops and Hope. 
they do all the beer and all the art? Hops for Hope. Hops for Hope, there we go. We you did. So we met there years ago, because uh, I remember I got a business card from you. Uh, and then uh, we met again, just like a month ago, for Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. I was harassing you the whole time to start doing the podcast. And finally, Steve Crystal's like, I was on it, it's not as terrible as it seems. It'll be okay. You're like, fine. And then uh, I was lucky enough to, to, to get you on here. Um, and one of the reasons why I, I find it fascinating because it seems like from where from where I sit, right, is this you have this very unique perspective on the world, and I want to know where you got that from because there's artists like we're surrounded by beautiful art in here. We saw the beautiful painting down the wall, the shit, and it's very nicely done. There's something that you do with color that's different, and it matches. Your style, it's, I, I don't know you personally that, that well, but it, it matches, it seems to match who you are. Like if you take a picture of you, you know, and they, I put three paintings up and one's yours, someone's going, that, that's hers. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and, and you, you brought it up, that life that's lived at Burning Man, you know, why can't it be over here? And it seems like part of you does that, you know, that you, you do live that life of of Burning Man, a little bit of giving and expressive art and everything that you do, mm-hmm. it seems like you are living there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what got you into art? I you know, I think I've always been creative and, and like drawn to to arts and, and pretty things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was never it was never a very serious thing. Um, it was just something that I was into. And then when I was in ninth grade I sat next to a boy in whatever class we were in, and he was sketching a graffiti piece, and I had never, like, seen that before. And sure. I was, it was just, like, this immediate, like, thing where I was drawn in, and I started talking to him. We ended up being best friends, and he painted a lot. He already had been painting graffiti for years, and so I would just, like, follow him around and take photos, and we would go look at street art and graffiti around the city. Was this here in Austin? This is in Austin. Okay. Yeah. And I just fell in love with it. And I don't really know what it was, but I love graph and I love street art and I, I love bright colors and I love art in public spaces where you would normally just see like a drab wall, like a boring alley, and then it comes to life with this artwork. Sure. So I photographed artwork for a long time. And then a couple years later, I met another guy and he saw my love for it and he said that I should start painting, which I had never even thought of. I was just like admire her, I guess. Sure. And so he gave me some cans. We went under a bridge and I painted my first piece. It was totally terrible. Um, but awesome <laughs> at the same time. I mean, I look back and I'm like, wow. Now, is it still there? There's no way. I haven't gone under the bridge, but it's it's a very common spot for, for artists to hit. So, okay. I mean, I should go look, but I mean, this is... It's a son of a bitch. They painted over ago. an OG. Huh? I mean, an OGZ. I mean, I'm an OGZ. That's what we'll call it. The bridge is OGZ. <laughs> Don't you paint over it? <laughs> um, I think that I think that piece is long gone, um, but it was fun and I loved it and I just kept painting and so now it's been ten years and the style has expanded and the mediums have expanded. I still love spray paint the most. Sure, I love our large scale work, but you know I I just like being creative. There's just something very like freeing about being able to create with no limits or expectations and you just you just throw some shit out and then you mess around with it until you like it and then you're like, cool, I made that. What do you, 
What do you say to the kid that's, you know, sitting in art class that because this has explicit lyrics, shouldn't be listening to this? Or the uh, the adult that's sitting there going, man, I wonder, I, I want to try this. What what shifts you from trying to doing and from doing, which is kind of like, yeah, damn, guys, it's spray, I'm take spray, from doing to accomplishing. And what I mean by accomplishing is really making it a career and knowing there's going to be a struggle, knowing there's going to be good and bad, knowing you're going to look back on a piece and be like, yeah, probably didn't need the neon orange in there or whatever it is right or that line's a little fat but uh, whatever what what are those transitions like like what explain some of your highs and lows if you will sure so my experience is you know the bunny in this movie is super creepy yeah it not this this rendition of alice wonderland is not nearly as i mean don't cute. do you don't want to do this one on drugs no bunny's going to give you nightmares i mean yeah she's like running through a dark cave yeah this one is definitely like if, if there's two i would say the um the disney one is mushrooms mm -hmm. and this one's acid okay. right okay, okay. <laughs> it's, it's like I, the disney one's like happy and the, and and this one's like it could be happy you're dark as fuck it's up to you it could be a horror film for all it, this is a horror film right i mean the the long hallway you're like, oh, where's the kid with the bike? Where's where's the red mm -hmm. room? Where's the where's the waterfall of blood coming her way? <laughs> it could go that way. And she's like, fuck, what door? What door? This is the nervous. And, and you got to think, oh, this is 1972. This is like nervous anticipation in 72, right? We Jaws is around the corner. Mm -hmm. This is a scary movie all of a sudden in 72. It's crazy to think about, but also it's 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 unique and interesting. So. The highs and lows. Yes, I will answer your question. I yeah. realized I hadn't looked at the screen. No, it's okay. We barely listen. There's, there's sometimes we don't look at the screen for like 30, 40 okay. minutes. Yeah, and, it's all good. And the movie just passes you by. It just passes by, and then we grab stuff. Okay, cool. That's what it's all about, yeah. So highs and lows. I guess to answer your question, I would say that every every person's experience is totally different. So my experience is, why not try something new, right? So everyone is creative. Everyone is, in my opinion, an artist in their own way. Whatever sure. it is that you do, you know. We're creative on a daily basis. Some people tap into it more. Some people, you know, are innately a little bit more creative. But at the end of the day, it's like everything else where if you practice, you'll become good at it, right? Sure. We can do anything we want in this life. So if people want to start creating art, then start doing it. I mean, go to some classes, hang out with people, like experiment, They're, you know, who fucking cares? Like, just, just get into it. And... And then like ride the wave, right? So I didn't, at the time of getting involved with, with street art and graffiti, I didn't think that I was gonna be an artist full time or you know, as that was gonna be my career. I just liked painting and then I loved it so much, I said, I'm gonna do this. And then, you know, like everything, there's like this long period of, of like the grind and the hustle where, you know, you have internships, you work for free, you pay for materials to paint people's walls. Like you, you're just hungry, you know, you, you do everything you can to keep creating the art and you've got your side job so you don't starve, you know? <laughs> like you're doing whatever you're doing. I bartended for years, um, all the way through college and even after. And and then eventually you get to the point where you take the leap of faith where you're like, I'm gonna only focus on my dream, you know? Okay. And then you do that. And my experience was the moment that I eliminated all the other things in my life that weren't helping me get to that goal, the universe just like flooded me with projects and jobs and clients and opportunities and it was like I mean it was awesome and mind-blowing I was like cool I, I did what I wanted to do and now I'm being rewarded for doing what I love yeah and anybody could do that so 
Highs and lows. Um, highs would be... Who's your first paying client? That's got to be a high. That's a, that's a great question. I... Who's my first paying client? You know, so, I have billionaire who's got an open wall who's just like, listen, I got ten grand burning a hole in my pocket. So I, I think want this to pop. I was making I was making money off canvases before murals. Okay. And so I would paint canvases, and then I would put. I mean, I had canvases in Austin Java and uh, Jay Blacks when Jay Blacks was around. Oh yeah. And did a lot of like group art shows. I was putting on my own art shows. Now, was that canvas spray or did you, that oil or acrylic or? So that Or was, was acrylic only for like six-year-olds in our class? No, acrylic's still cool. <laughs> <Okay>. Acrylic's <laughs> fine. Don't hate on acrylic. Well, I don't know. You know, you see kids are like, paint my numbers. Like, yeah, that's for six-year-olds. And like watercolors are like, eh, I mean, there's 1980s was a big time for watercolors. Yeah. So it's kind of died off. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel not... like crayons are better than watercolors. I don't work with either. I used to melt crayons. I, I, went, I was in a period of time where I like to melt crayons and make artwork, but interesting. Yeah. I, like I said, I really like all mediums. Like it's fun. I just get bored really easily. So like, I don't want to spray paint all the time. I don't want to uh -huh. use one medium all the time. So it's fun to just dabble in all of them. Not that I've worked with watercolors yet. Um, but these canvases back in the day were, I started with doing Sharpie on wood and that evolved to paint on wood. Oh, Sharpie on wood is yeah. going to be at South by this year. They're a great cover band. Yeah, it's great. It's That's, great. My inspiration came from that band. Sharpie on yeah. wood. And here we are today. Yeah. I don't Come know. Come on, they folks, are. get inspired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What um, I noticed that uh, you know, it, and it seems to be an interesting track that I've noticed for a while, artists in general, musicians, uh, artists like yourself, it, it seems like not only do you live the art out for people to see, but your body also becomes art. Your hair, tattoos, what got you into tattoos? Great question. I, I got two. I got one out of the way. <laughs> Shit, we got a whole other hour and a half. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just, I'll just answer shitty questions. The rest of the time. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's cool. I have all, as far as I, as long as I can remember, I've been interested in tattoo culture, piercings, like, you know, body modifications. I always wanted to dye my hair. And, you know, I wore and still wear pretty funky clothes. And I think it's just, for me, another way of expressing myself. Okay. And I wanted tattoos so bad, and my parents would not allow me to get tattoos. And so the day I turned 18, I was that girl that went to a tattoo shop. Where Granted, I had known the people who owned it for a long time, so they wouldn't have let me get anything too You're stupid. Like Mickey Mouse, lower back. Go. Do it. Do it. <laughs> but uh, I went in there the day I turned 18 and I went through, you know, the flash on the wall and I picked out, uh, it's like a sun that kind of reminds me of the sublime sun with two stars and I got it on my, on like my hip and it hurt like a bitch. It, it was actually one of the most ta painful tattoos I, I have and now I have a lot of tattoos. How many tattoos you got? Do you know? Um, I don't know. Probably. Cursory math says at least eight. Ten-ish. Tennis, so you got we got the fingers. Yeah, I have I have my fingers done, which I love. I have good, yep. Two portraits of my grandparents. I just got a portrait of an owl. I have to show you this because it's so oh, rad. Sweet. Show me, yeah. 
for you people that can't see this, suck it. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. Do a quick plug, local artist, Ty yeah. Harris. He's I was just gonna I was, I was gonna do a bad pun joke and say, who did that? Who but did that? <laughs> Ty, excellent work, my friend. I'm gonna have to I'm itching to get another one. When my buddy moves out here, my daughter, um, my so my, my good friend out in LA, Regan, he um, he he likes to help dogs. Rehabilitates dogs, the worst of the worst, he gets them, brings them back, and then they get adopted. He helps the whole adoption process. And he got this one dog, his name's James, big pit, uh, that was like 50 pounds when he got it, and he was a bait dog, which meant he was in the fight dog circuit, but he wouldn't fight. So they chained him to a wall, and the other dogs attacked him. Oh, no. So no fur, you know, lots, lots of trauma. Why are you telling me this that story? Uh, because it gets better. Okay. So Regan gets this dog, and this dog, I mean, is always like, brings him to his home, always six feet away. Wherever Regan moved, this dog moved, just keeping an eye on him, right? Obviously. Fuck people, right? He's like, fucking hate people. Yeah. Especially men. Well, finally, you know, this dog kind of relaxed a little bit. I fly out to LA. He doesn't tell me the backstory. He forgets to let me know, because I only stay at his house. He forgets to let me know that he's brought a dog. That was abused. So I walk into his apartment, I kick open the door, and I'm like, who's got booze and dog treats? I do, I do. And he's just like, Ooh. I mean, like this dog's <laughs> gonna shit and piss everywhere, he might attack, who knows, right? The dog just lived a shitty life. You're right. I plop down, and this dog comes running up and jumps in my lap and licks my face, and Regan is just like, no. He's just frozen. She shows our love for animals. And then he rehabilitates his dog to a point that's now a certified therapy animal for the children's hospital. Wow. And it goes around LA Children's Hospital, cancer, burn, attacked by dogs, abused, whatever it may be. This dog makes their day, makes a happier, happier day of all the time. So my daughter loves this dog and they're a pen pals. And they go back and forth and they, she reads some stories twice a week wow. through the Amazon Echo. There's your plug Amazon. Don't be afraid to throw some cheddar this way. Matt would like that. Producer Matt would love that. Uh, but he also, so they do, she reads him bedtime stories at night. And uh, in reading the bedtime stories and, and hanging out, she also draws him pictures and mails them to him. And Regan and I have found our favorite pictures. He's got a wall dedicated to my daughter's art, to this dog. And we found our favorite pictures, and we're going to go to a tattoo artist and be like, see yes. this? Put this on me right now. Yes. Like, I want this. I don't, I love good art, but I also love art that, I love, I believe great art, I love good art. I believe great art has a story behind it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to fit your niche of what you think great art is, but when it has a story behind it, it becomes great great art because you, you can look past the imperfections a little bit and you can look into what drove what was there. And this kid's love for this dog and this three-legged pug named Annabelle that's his other dog, it's just a mean little bitch to everyone but my daughter, just will attack three legs, ha, 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 just going after people. My daughter walks in, the dog's like, hey, how are you? And just crump, drags her ass across the floor, sits in her lap, and I was like, oh, fucking, there you go. It sounds like you and your daughter might have a little bit of dog whispering in We you. got a little dog whispering until it comes to my dog, who's like, what? Fucking basset hound. Can't let, he will stand next to me like, come on, dude, let's go. He will not, can't hear me. Can't hear my voice at all. He's just like, huh? Just sniffing, just sniffing around me. My dog's like, don't yell at him. Don't raise your voice to my dog, Banjo. Don't you do it. He gets his feelings hurt very easily, Dad. He's oh. a very sensitive dog. <laughs> but I bring it up because the tattoo thing is just like, you find those things that are unique, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you create uniqueness all the time. And this leads to another question, which is, 
in the art world where you're experimenting with different mediums. You, you, you've transitioned from medium to medium, and I don't know if you ever circle back to, you're like, maybe I'll melt some crayons again tomorrow, who knows? But how do you stay fresh and unique? Especially when you look, when you're now getting paid and you're doing big murals here in town, we're gonna to talk about the places you travel to do other murals, then how does it move from, or how do you keep it to where I know who the artist is, which is you, but I, you also keep it unique? How does that work? You like how I use my hands a lot and no one's watching except for you, and I'm still like painting stuff out? Like we've got a YouTube channel and pointing at a PowerPoint, like, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's It's this. working. Is they it can, working? They can visualize. Okay, yeah. visualize my yeah. hands up, and it's weird. Yeah, there's a lot of hand movement here. <laughs> so, what was the question? How do you how do you keep it fresh and unique and, and different while at the same time everyone knows it's you? Got it. I know. My, my five minute long questions don't work. It's People okay. get pissed. And there's a movie, there's, there's, there's cars going by, there's just so much <laughs> happening, it's hard to stay focused. Okay. I think that, I think it's a fine line and I think that every visual artist approaches that differently. So I have some friends that have monikers or, you know, very specific styles that they that they use each time. So when you see, you know, somebody's icon, you're like, oh, I know that person. Where I don't have a specific image or really like a specific style, but I do use, as you said earlier, really bright colors a lot. And and there's kind of like a feel, I think, to my art that people can, can sense because people see my work all the time and they're like, oh, that's you. And I'm like, how did you know that? Yeah. Because there's not... You know, there's not one image that's in all my art. There's not a specific color I use in every mural. So you're it's not just, hiding like one little image? No. Like, or that would be cool like, though. Like 19 everything if someone pieces this all together, they've got my phone number, they can text me, and then I'll go paint their garage. Yes. That would be, <laughs> that would be so fun, like a scavenger hunt. Just a scavenger hunt. my murals. Inception. Yes. Uh, that would be rad. I think that... Like I said, I, I get bored kind of easily, which is why I don't have one specific style, so I don't have one specific image that I use. I just like to switch it up. But, and honestly, if somebody like doesn't recognize that that's your art because it's a little different, then like good for you for switching it up, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's, I, I think it's a unique, I think there's two really unique runs that people have in the art world, from my humble opinion, from the outside looking in, which is one, you have the people that are, I forget the guy, the designer who did all the Target stuff, but he had it, it's like, it's gonna be one of these pastel colors, it's gonna have rounded edges, here it is. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a toaster, an iron, it could, it could be an ironing board. It's gonna have one of these colors, and it's gonna, it's just, it, this is the look. Mm -hmm. And this is only his look, and this is where it sits. And there's nothing else there. And then, like yourself, you have people who go, you're just gonna get my energy off of it. You just are. And if you're a fan, you're really going to get the energy. And if you just like art, you're going to see, you're just going to feel it when you kind of come through. Because we were looking at your Instagram, I was showing Matt, and he's like, yeah, it's a, wow. But there's, you're absolutely right. There's not an exact thing. There is a theme. Mm -hmm. Now, do you, do you sit down at the beginning of the year or after Burning Man and go, I want to attack these themes? Or is it unique to the location for where you're at? A lot of the work that I do is commission-based. Okay. And so I'm working with, you know, 
residential properties. I'm working with local businesses, a lot of local bars and venues since I've lived here for a long time. Sure. A lot of offices. Boston's booming, so everyone's moving into office space with these yep. big blank walls. They want like a cool environment. Yep. Air quote, cool environment. <laughs> Do you get that to get that call? <laughs> I see something cool in here. And you're like, okay. You're at McDonald's. You're cool McDonald's though, man. The coolest. Come on. Yeah. One of those neon Big Macs coming at people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Uh I know I interrupt. I it's apologize. A, no, it's cool. It's cool. I, I, have a, I do have a question for you, though. Yeah. Uh, another one. I'm going to try to shorten this one down a little bit. Um, what's the uh, what's what's a famous job you've turned down and you were happy about it? You're like, no, I'm glad I let this one go. Do you have one of those? Let me let me give you a let me give you a prep. Mm -hmm. So, I, 25 years marketing, PR, strategy in some capacity, right? Where Generally, I'm kind of a hired gun. You bring me in, I fix your problems, get you set up, get your team set up, and I really just want to get the fuck out because I'm not good in offices, obviously. Mm -hmm. Language, exuberance. A lot of stuff. Booze drinking, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I got a call from this Canadian company. Like, hey, we're really interested. We'd like to bring you in. Uh, we want to do this. You're going to be a senior executive. And I was like, okay. And they're like, well, man, our CEO has got a lot of ambition. I'm like, great. Ambition's one thing. Drive is another, and deliver is another. So I'm glad you have ambition, but then let's, you have the building blocks to make that ambition a place to where then you can build the rocket then to get there. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I get this email. So listen, we want to hire you, we need a guarantee of this. Pardon me, and I was like, a guarantee of what? So I open this email. Gentleman's got a book. He would like, um, attributes about the book from Richard Branson, Oprah, and he would like the foreword written by the Dalai Lama, and they would like all three to join him at the stadium of his choosing that will be sold out as he announces the launch of his book. Now is this person famous? No. Has this person done anything of merit in society of yet? No. Did I get to read the book? Yet. Yeah. Could I have written a better book? And I'm not a good writer, 100%. And so I'm looking at this list, and then he's like, and I want to do a book tour, minimum 5,000 people at every stop. And I'm like, these aren't even Oprah numbers. Like, Oprah doesn't do these numbers, and this is what you want. He's like, yeah. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to turn this one down. It paid a lot of money. I mean, uh, you know, we're talking 30, 40,000 a month. Wow. Probably could have taken two, three months out of him, right? And been like, man, Oprah's just not returning my calls. I gotta go. I, you know what? And the Dalai Lama, his phone, it's a burner phone, it's been disconnected. The Himalayas is just getting away. <laughs> like, how do you get to the Dalai Lama? I'm like, you, do you know him? He he's like, a patron. He's like, no, I don't know. No, I'm like, Richard Branson, do you know him? I'm like, I don't know any of these people. I'm like, oh, you're a star fucker. <laughs> and that's okay, too. A lot of people, Tom Arnold, have been successful fucking stars. That's okay. Just be honest about it, right? And he's like, no, nah, man, I got this new way of thinking and breathing and eating and that. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't. You're, you're, you just want to be famous for making some pills and you're not doing a good job. And quite honestly, if there's a guy who's going to be famous making pills and teaching you how to be healthy, there's one guy I know in this world that could actually probably get Oprah, Branson, and Dalai Lama to hang out with. Aubrey Ramos. Shout out, Aubrey. That's the guy. That's, I mean, and he's here in Austin, oddly yeah. enough. But 
that's pretty rare. And how long has Onnit been around for? 15 years? 12 years? Austin local used to have a little store up way on the north end of Burnett, right? I mean, so there's a lot of effort put in. Rogan obviously helps, but so do all the other stars that take a great product and use it. And so it was like, yeah, you turn that one down. And also you don't see Aubrey going, fuck Oprah, get your ass in here, let's work out and do a pot. Like, you, you just don't, that's not him. So it's, it's, it's a unique thing to where it seems like the path blazed. He forged that in his mind. Aubrey did, right? He blazed the path. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, I want a path. You blaze it for right. me. <laughs> I'm going to walk behind right. and be like, dun, 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 dun. dun. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get it done. And so you turn that one down, right? I turned another one down. Uh, the uh, largest oil company in the world asked me to run their communications globally. But that meant moving to a, uh, a country where women maybe aren't really considered anything. They're a little lower than cows as far as property goes. And you've met my wife. One, she's not rocking a burka. Right. Okay, not. And two, a little independent. She's going to drive when she wants to. She's going to go to things that she wants to do. And they're like, no, you can't do that. She's like, excuse me? I was like, it pays $450,000 and they cover your taxes. She goes, I don't care what it fucking pays. And then we have a daughter, and I take a step back. I'm like, my wife could tough it up. Like if I was like, hey man, seriously, we're set for the rest of our lives, three years, never have to do it again. You got a kid, right. like, oh no, I can't. I can't even let an essence of this touch her, because the only word she's not allowed to say is can't. That's the only word. You say the F word, we'll talk about. It. But I'll talk about the etymology of the F word too, which is a farming term. It is. It's a farming term from Europe for farming cabbage. When you would take a hoe and throw it into the wet, soggy, October, November soil to get that cabbage out, it would say, fuck, when it hit. So you would say, I'm going to go fuck some cabbage. I'm going to use that. Etymology, man. Here's the problem. People get so mad at words. They get so mad at words. They don't know the etymology of them. And they, uh, my a pastor friend of mine is like, I want to come out and shock. I'm like, you want to shock people? Don't go politics. Walk out and say, how the fuck is everyone doing today? And when the 60 people that are in your little sermon get up and walk out, you might want to be like, hey, does anyone know what the word fuck means? Do you really know? No, you don't. It's like when people get mad because they say, oh, God damn it. You're like, using the Lord's name in vain. That's actually not God's name, right? I mean, God was the word used because they couldn't say Yahweh. So if you say Yahweh, damn it, that's using the Lord's name in vain. Now I'm using a different word that connotates a, a variety of gods. And I'm just saying God instead of plural. I'm going singular. That's not a defamation because that's not the name. That's the subname given because you couldn't say the real name because you're fucking weirdos. Stop telling me shit when you don't know the background of shit. It's a weird thing. I get on these tangents. That's cool. I get fired up on people because they don't they don't decide to do research and they just label things as bad or good. And I'm sure you see this, right? You know, with other artists and you're just like, you want to put your arm around them and go, don't read the fucking comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where globally, where are you traveling? You're busy. Mm-hmm. Where are you traveling? Where, where have you traveled? And if you can give a little insight into where you're going to travel. Because I saw some Venice stuff. I've seen some stuff. Sure. So... Most most of my work is in Austin. 
Okay. And when I have traveled and painted in other places, it has been for fun. So you've seen me painting in Venice Beach. Yep. There's legal walls there. You show up on the weekends. You bring your paint. You paint. You have a jam with all these other people. It gets covered. Cycle of. Yeah, but can I introduce you to some of my LA people? Yeah. Have some fun? Yeah. Ooh, I got some people out there. My yeah. girl, Melinda Moore, she just started a, uh, a venture capital firm, but she also does uh, Tuesday Nights, which is like the female DC mafia. Okay. And there's like a hundred women that are worth like a couple billion dollars all together, and they just sit down and strategize and like have this, these Tuesday nights. I love it. And I'm like, I was, it just popped into my head because I'm thinking, I don't know how long it takes for you to do art, mm -hmm. but I'm just like, fuck. There's some art behind you, and you're like, ladies, bam. Like this, you know, your your power is in, in creating here, my power is in creating here. The greater power is in how do we create together? Yeah, how to collaborate. How to collaborate. That's really cool. I, I love the idea of collaboration. I almost always would prefer to work with other people than to work alone. Um, so it would be cool to like create art while they're strategizing and then have crossover where they're yeah. also creating the art. All right, after this I'm podcast, I'm introducing you to Melinda. Hey. We're doing a Melinda thing. Melinda. Melinda and then my girl Vanessa. My girl, she's a married woman. My dear friend Vanessa, she's an actress. Um, she's a couple of homes in LA, but one is on top of Mulholland. So that's my guest house. That's where I stay when I go to LA. Nice. It's so it is embarrassing. My the guy who I work for lives in Newport Beach, so I drive down to Newport. He stopped me. He's like, "You cannot stay up at Vanessa's anymore." One, I don't get enough time with you. He goes, "You wake up at four a.m. You talk to your daughter. You spend two hours, three hours in the car. You drive all the way down to Newport Beach. We work together, and then you leave at two thirty because you don't get caught in traffic. You crazy person! You leave at two thirty. You get back up, and then what do you do? I'm like, dude. She has like a 10 foot deep saltwater pool. It's just enormous. Right off my bedroom. She's only there like part of the time. Her husband's a cop. Her son is this is a great actor, like on stage, plays, great actor. And I just sit up there and I drop acid and I watch <laughs> LA just light up at night, right? It just like just lights up and I'm like oh fuck and I'm just saltwater pool it's like 75 degrees the whole time my feet are in it and I'm watching LA light up and I'm thinking man I like that oh this is amazing and I just zone out it's mm -hmm. it's a trip but I but her places and what she does as far as art goes and what she has all her walls are glass and they collapse cool so it's 100 percent 360 view of LA you, you look at one side and you're like there's pornos happening right over there. <laughs> and you look at the other side and you're like, people are getting abused right over there. And you're like, oh wait, never mind. It's just a hill in the middle. It's still fucking I like. It's crazy. But it's a it's a beautiful spot, but she loves art. And she does amazing home shows uh, in her multiple homes and other people's multiple beautiful big homes. She said this we were in the at the Malibu Soho and she's like, let's go to my friend's house. And I was like, okay. Her friend's house, the 10,000 square foot home on the beach of Malibu. He's like, huh, we should do something here. And I was like, uh, we can do a lot of things here, like anything. Vanessa, what do you want to do? She's like, I don't know. Let's, well, let's talk about stuff. She loves art. Amazing person. I feel like you've been holding out. Um, I hold out a little bit. Yeah, of course. I always do. Because I like to, you know, lead into things. Yeah, I can't wait to meet these ladies. I know. It's, otherwise, it's a dump truck. And then people get overwhelmed. And then people follow through a little bit. 
And then they sit and they look and they're like, okay. I'm like, no, 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 then just go run with it. I don't need to be kept in the loop. I don't care. I mean, I care because they're my friends, mm -hmm. but I also care because I believe there's a value. I mean, I think there is a, there's a mistake that people make in the fact that they want to connect dots. They want to see how they can, you know, they don't mind connecting dots in their world or they don't mind going, oh, you know, let me, you've done some work for Bud Light. You've done work for Kung Fu and Nick and Gio and all those guys, right? But the, there's a, I believe in my heart, there's a mistake that's made where you see a connection, but you may not know the person that well, but you didn't get like, I did my homework and I looked at your work. I know Nick. I know Gio. I know some of the other, I know Andy really well. I know Chris really well. You, you, you don't, obviously you don't just make offers to people who own VC firms and who are famous actors and actresses that go, you should, here, go run, here's their cell phone number. You should mm -hmm. harass mm -hmm. them. You don't, but you do your homework and then you still feel that connection. I believe there's not a negative mark in your soul, but there's, you miss, you miss a connection when you don't make a connection. Right. Right? Because I don't know who you're going to bump into. Right. I don't know who Vanessa is going to bump into tomorrow or Melinda. I don't and don't care to. All I know is that they're friends of mine. I love them dearly. And you do amazing, cool shit. So why wouldn't I? Mm -hmm. I think some people are just connectors like in their being. You know, it makes me feel good to connect people. People tell me that all the time, you know, I have two friends and I'm like, these people would love each other. Or this person has a skill or service that this person could use, or these two could collaborate on this, or these five people. And it makes me feel good to be able to bring those two people together or those group of people together. Not everybody feels that way, you know? Yeah. Which I don't know why, because <laughs> it's, it's no stress on me to connect two people and then they form a friendship or a relationship and then they they prosper and it's like everybody gets to level up you know and for me it, it feels good but so I appreciate it but there are people get jealous like because let's say yeah, jealousy is just an insecurity in yourself though. it is but let's you know let's say I am I'm barely making rent barely you know got my kid and a couple of programs we're getting by month to month life's working I'm working I do a connection you blow up. People think that's, that that they made that connection that made you blow up. They don't see that ten years prior. They don't. They didn't go visit the piece under the bridge, right? Mm -hmm. They saw their connection and they're like, "Oh, what's one connect? We like that. I'm really mad." Mm -hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. The connections are all around you. The problem is, is your connection comes with baggage. And when it comes with baggage, there's there's a thing that every time that person talks to you again. No one, after making a connection, no one should ever feel like they'd be like, hey, thank you again for that connection. If someone feels that way, you've given a connection with baggage. And if you've given something with baggage and expecting a return or, or just diving like, no, but what about me? Versus that freedom of giving. Mm -hmm. It's totally different. Happens? It's totally different. My buddy Sherwin did a piece for Deb when her dog died. And he goes, just cover the materials. I just want to paint it. We gave it to Deb. She's like, oh my gosh, who did this? Like, oh, my buddy Sherwin did. Graphic artist, he's funny, but he works for Citibank or something. I think it's Citibank, Chase, something like that. He's probably, please don't say my employer. <laughs> Not on this podcast, Jenny. <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> but he did his cool piece of artwork. 
We give it to Debs, she cries. We go to Kung Fu, we give it to her, she cries again, her boyfriend's there. My wife and her and Sherwin's wife all get to hang out and they're like, you know, and of course the two wives are like, hey, why is this, why are you giving this cute British lady art? Like, who, what are you two assholes doing? We're like, it's dead. And anyone who knows dad is like, oh, it's dead. She's a friend. And we, we hooked Deb up. She's still got the piece. She loves it. But it was given with this thing of just like, no, here you go. Go have fun. I tried the same thing with Jason Dick because he lost his dog as well around the same time. And there wasn't a lot of fanfare for Jason. Uh, and obviously, I mean, Jason is a little more reserved emotionally than Deb is on the air and off the air. Uh, but I was talking about it. I remember one time we're sitting down talking. And sorry, Jay. Cried a little bit. He missed his dog. And listen, you should cry. Animals yeah. are amazing. And they, they touch us in, in such a special way. We kind of talked about that earlier. But, um, you know, I tried to reach out to a friend. And I said, hey, will you do this? And he's like, sure. And I, go, I kind of want a comic book thing. You know, uh, Silent Jay and the Dick Man. I just think it would be cool. He's, he's, he's got his beer gut and his Bud Light in the hand. And there's Silent Jay with a cape. So I kind of have this idea, like a comic book cover, but I want it big. And the artist who did it, he did a good job, and he's like, well, I got a color, and he's like, I'm busy, and then well, hold on, and then ask someone else to color it in. He's like, well, what do I get out of it? What's this? And I'm like, all right, now for the what do I get out of it shit? Like, you know what? I'll figure out a different time, a different day, a different moment to try to uh, pay homage to Silent J for Jason Dick, which has been over a year now, and I'm still, but it's, but I'll stop it right there because I'm not playing that fucking game. If you don't know Jason Dick, you don't want to help him, you know, and you know me and you're like, this is too much. I get it. I don't care. That's fine. It's easier to say no than to say, yeah, but what do I get? Like, right. is he going to mention me how many times? Right. Like, what is this? You know, I mean, we, what, what about, I'm like, nope. All right, I'm already out. Like, I, I just, I'm not playing the game because to your point, it's about the joy of connecting. And it's also, well, you're going to get some, if you're, young artist, you're getting some free plugs on 101X. I mean, that's what's up. And that's going to hang in Jason Dick's house where the owner of the radio station goes and says hello, and he's, he's a Bud Light-endorsed human being and all these other things going on. Like if, you don't, if you're a young artist and you don't want that, cool. I don't care. Because somebody else does. Somebody else does. I think that that... Which, by the way, looking for an artist. If you know a young artist who wants to do a comic book cover, I will pay for it I, to go on canvas. I have artists that, that do really well with that style and would be happy to refer to you. Please refer yeah. to because I then I just want to take it so that it can be blown up on canvas. I've got a, because uh, then what I do is I take it down to, um, I, I do go uh, the weird route. I take it down to FedEx and I have them print them on canvas. Yeah. Print them on canvas. Yeah. And then the um, there's a frame shop that does it for me at cost cool. because they know me and they know what I'm coming in for. It's like, oh, this person lost this. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is really special to them. Right. Oh, here you go. A little different. I think that there's a difference between genuinely wanting to help somebody and give something and then the people that ask for things in return, like you said. But I think if you look at, I think it's all about perspective, like everything else. If you, If somebody comes to you with an opportunity and you sit down, there's a fine line between, you know, saying yes to everything and then you find yourself broke as fuck with no time and you're giving your services, right? You can't do that. You have to value yourself enough to, to charge for your work and, and to know your work and then also to donate time or services or artwork when needed. But 
I think that if you, as an artist, I look at every opportunity as an actual opportunity. So if I'm doing a live paint for free, or I'm doing a canvas for somebody who lost an animal, or whatever it is, you know, donating a piece for auction for charity, you have to think about it. You're like, I'm not just losing time and money and giving away my artwork, but it's an opportunity for other people to experience that artwork, to see me as an artist, to connect with me. And so I don't feel like I've ever done a job, paid or not paid, and it hasn't given back in some way sure. positively. And so if you see it that way, it's like, like just be cool. Like, no, don't. And if and by the way, it's okay to say no. It is okay to say no. It's okay. To it's say hard no. to say no for some people, though. It is, but but do you not agree that in the in the in the world of no, hey man, that doesn't mean never approach me again. Right. It means you missed the beat in my schedule. Mm -hmm. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. It's like I mean, if you're out in Venice and you're doing a wall in Venice, and I email you and I'm like, hey. Uh, today in Austin, we're doing an AI blockchain event, and we're talking about the, the, the valuation on a single frame that people can contribute to art. So I can look at a picture of yours. I can take a picture of yours on Instagram or anything else, right? But it's on the blockchain, and I can add in, oh, that color planting is this. Uh, the artist is here. The location is here. By the way, that location on the tree of that, uh, the uh, the uh, kimchi fries are really good at kung fu, whatever it may be, right? You, and you, you break this thing down to where people can add in value and reference to your art that goes past your art. And I go, hey, we're going to do all this. And you go, I'm in Venice, can't do it. And I have two options, right? I can go, fuck her. I can, you know what? I heard her on a podcast. You know, fuck this shit. I, you know, we're just not doing it. Or I can reply back, go, hey, man, thanks for getting back to me. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, stars didn't align. Can I reach out again in case stars do align at some point in time? I really enjoy your art. That seems like we, we've gotten offers to take this show on the road. I'm like, oh, we do it this way, not this way. The responses I get from people are fucking mind-blowing of how mad they get when I don't want to do something they want me to do. I'm not a fucking... I'm, I'm not a chatty Kathy. You just pull the string and you record what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. And they're like, <laughs> I'm hanging you are. And I was like, <laughs> no, I've never been that. Right? I mean, yeah. Matt and I were talking about this, this uh, thing I did for a beer company and I was talking. He's like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, yeah, welcome to me and meetings. Mm -hmm. But I believe like you have to protect yourself at the same time, give back. Yeah and say no at the same time for the people who get the no it doesn't mean no forever right i think i think i live in like a world of, of trying to be honest and just communicating effectively all the time so you can say no and you know it doesn't have to be like a hard fuck off no it's just like hey like you said it's that doesn't work for me right now but let's try again in the future you know it's not it's not a hard no, and it doesn't make me or anyone an asshole to say no. You know, we can't sure. say yes to everything. I mean, I've, I've tried to do that, where I just get buried in work and I overcommit, and then I can't produce quality work because I said yes to too many things. Sure. You know? But, so, like I said, it's, it's just hard to say no, I think, because I want to say yes, but I have learned the hard way to be able to say no to things and to be able to pass things on 
but in a respectful and professional way where it's it's still cool. There's no hard feelings if you can't do something, you know? Yeah. I, it's, it's, a, it's a weird world, you know, that especially an access that we have, right? I mean, as, as, as your profile continues to grow and who you are, you get more and more access. Mm -hmm. uh, people get, I shouldn't say you, people get more and more access to you. Yeah. How do you feel about that? What's the good and the bad of, of, of access, it, you know, from, and let's take it to one professional and then two personal. Let's go professional first because that's easy. Sure. I, I mean, I think personally and professionally, I I like it. I mean, I, I love people. I love connecting with people. And so, you know, if more people see my work and more people reach out and, you know, I run into more people when I'm out and about, I love all of that. So okay. I don't really know if there's, like, a negative side of that for me. I've never had, like, any, like, weird, creepy experiences or anything. Cool. So, like, what would, I mean, what would a negative side of that be? It's, like, more people, it's just, like, more happiness. Well, so there's there's a, a friend of mine, uh, and she's been on the podcast. She's engaged now. Very, very nice woman. And I remember we were talking in the podcast uh, over a year ago. We've been doing two years. She was one of the first guests. I reached out to her. She's local. She's uh, on it, model, chive. Very nice woman. It was um, Jason, Dick, and I are playing a game because I accidentally cut him out of a lot of photos when I take them. <laughs> you accidentally <laughs> cut him out of photos? Yeah, so no. <laughs> and, and there's one of her and I, and he was in the photo, and you know he, he put a post up, like, try to cut me out of this head of global. And then I redid the photo where I cut him out. I'm like, look, this is proof you're never cut out of photos. <laughs> and it's just her and I, and we're staying there. But uh, she used to post pictures of her and her boyfriend. Her boyfriend would get death threats. Oh. Well, or, I'm not that popular. Yeah, I know. And it's like, and then she did the podcast, and she was in this beautiful outfit. At the end of the bed, she goes, good night. I'm doing talking during movies tomorrow. Here we go. Da, da, da. And then I got a onslaught of dick pics emailed to me going, tell her, man, does he have this shit? And I was just like, Jesus, you fucking dudes are aggressive. Like, Whoa. I don't want to be a lady ever, let alone attractive. Jesus Christ, you fucking psycho. So we brought, you know, I felt bad because I didn't realize it was going to make her feel awkward. I was like, so thank you for the plug. I appreciate it. Our numbers went up. So did the dick pics that get sent to me. They went through the roof. And she was like, huh? And she goes, you know, my boyfriend gets death threats. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, folks, what's wrong with you? Like, access is a two-way street. But just because I don't know who you are doesn't mean you get to be a dick. Right. I think people forget that. <laughs> you know, it's like we, 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 we've jumped the shark. To our, you know, it's like, nah, my, my thing's private. You tell people, fuck off and send them a dick pic. I was like, no, I don't think you can. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Maybe, you know, I don't, I don't have <laughs> that many followers and fans to be getting that stuff. And I also think it's, it's the content, you know, uh, chive, chive girls and, and models and, and people like putting themselves out there online, more power to you. I'm, I'm all about the female form. You get it, girl, if it makes you feel good. But yeah. it, it comes at a price. You know, you're going to have like creepy people reaching out to you. We're like, not that that has never happened to me, but, you know, the people who are interested in, in my work are seeing our work and like sure. a couple selfies here and there and like a, a photo of me and my boyfriend and like a photo of my family occasionally. But really it's 
it's artwork. So it's like, what are they going to say? Like, send me like a dick pic and they're like, love your art. I'm like, that has <laughs> never happened to me. Thank goodness. <laughs> hey, I would be so what, why don't you do a, uh, a, tr- a Trojan campaign? Like neon condoms. Yeah, like, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Pumpkin spice is better. Just go with that, okay? Yeah, Fucking yeah. weirdos. It is interesting. So, where, um, so you, you have a boyfriend. I do. You have a family. I do. You're a real person. I'm no, human, people. This is human. This is, but it's a weird thing to say, but it's like, guys, just because we live in a world where you have access to people, they're still human. Mm-hmm. Still have feelings. I was talking, to, and I'm going to tell you a story, and then I want to ask you a question. So, Talking to my friend, uh, my friend Lori Siegel, and I, she is a she's a wonderful. I know I take up so much room. I apologize. Um, my friend Lori Siegel, uh, she was at CNN for a long time. She's uh, she was on Mr. Robot as well. She ran their like technology reporters group. Totally wrong terminology. Sorry, Lori. Uh, she started her own. She left CNN, started her own company, Dot Dot Media. And I like to support my friends. I listen to her podcast. And one of them was, hey, I'm not doing text messages anymore. I'm only doing video messages or voice. Because I want tone and inflection. I want the whole thing to come across. So I hear that. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm going to send Lori a video message. So I send this video message. And I look back. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to do And I've been drunk and sent Vanessa a video message. Like how much I love her family. And her husband's great. And her son's awesome. And her dog Cowboy's the best. And But I do that a lot because... I saw the value in it. So I sent it to Lori, and she goes, you know what, I just got my first one-star review because, <laughs> wait for it, my questions are too long and I talk too much. And I was like, oh, sister, you, you are. You have no you idea. Have no, <laughs> to our podcast, at least, two questions. <laughs> it's just, come on, man. And she's like, well, thank you. And I was like, yeah, I mean, one, I want to adopt the principles to let you know that I'm listening. But two, also want to adopt the principle because I like it. Like, this is a good thing. I really, this is fun now. Like, I, I don't like my face or my voice, but it's fun because I got to hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. You got to do this. And she put it out there. But she was also like, man, I got my first one-star review. And I was like, you were on CNN for years. You've been on Mr. Robot. You are a uberly talented human being. And you got shook from a one-star review? Shook. You're like, oh, that's a bad day. I had a one-star review. You sent me this video message. Thanks. And I was I was blown away. I really was just blown away. So then I go, my friend Jesse May Pelusa, I sent her a video message. And she's like, dude, send me the podcast. Thanks for the video message. I'm like, oh shit. Like this is real. And I, I bring all that up to ask you, what did you do when you got your first bad review or someone who looked at something and goes, Dah! no. I mean, because art is it's for the person, not for the people, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So when you got your first battery, did you look and go, first of all, it wasn't for you, fuck face, die. <laughs> and you're much nicer than me. So you're probably like, thank you, but you know what? I appreciate you to say. You're very nice. I, I think I've only gotten like a, a, like a bad review, if you will, once. And it was super indirect. Okay. Where the person worked for a company they hired me to do um, kind of like custom, they, they had icons for their company and they, they wanted me to do these big custom icons with lettering in their warehouse. Okay. And I went in and I did one and the wall, I don't know what the deal was, but every time I would put tape on the wall, I would peel off layers of the wall. And so it ended up looking not as great as I wanted because I was like peeling off the wall and like painting over it. 
And it just was not ideal. Sure. And so I did one of, of five, you know, pieces and then the client reached out and they were like, Hey, we're like, we're good on this. We're, we're doing something else with the space. Okay. It's like, all right, bye. No, thanks. And years later, literally, let me pull it in. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Years later, I, I'm friends with with somebody that dated this this the client that I was reaching out to. Okay. And they, and they and he was like, yeah, she told me that you did a shitty job. And I was like, what the fuck? Didn't even didn't even tell you. Right. No. And so it, I didn't even know what he was talking about at first. I had to like go back and like look through emails and projects. And finally, I realized what he was talking about. And I thought to myself, why would this client not just hit me up and tell me, hey, we don't love this, let's work it out, because I'm all about good business and good artwork. So if I create something and somebody is not happy with it, then I'm not doing my job, and, sure. I, want, and I want to do better. And instead of, of that happening, I had no idea, and I thought the project just got cut. And yeah. so that was the end of that. And was, then by the way, you did no one chimed in. You didn't you didn't have the opportunity to chime in with weird wall. Because there's textures to wall, there's whatever's right. behind there, it could be brick, it could be concrete, whatever. Do they I mean they're not artists, they don't understand mm -hmm. what's it's not like the difference we're sitting in dive bar here. We have wood planks, we have a concrete wall, we got glass. Totally different. Totally yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no one thought to think about that? No, I guess not. Jesus. Yeah. You dickhead. Calm down. Now, positive note, is there a recent memory or just a memory of like your, a win where you got done, the client was happy, but more importantly, like, you're like, I'm glad they're happy, but shit, I'll put this in my motherfucking house. Like, this, this could be, I, this is... I'm proud of this. Yeah. Not that you're not proud of all your artwork, yeah. but you know there's specials. Totally. I did a project last year for a gas station, actually. Stop your nonsense. It, Hold it's on. a gas station. I love it. Folks, tell them your IG again real quick, just so they can see your artwork, because this is where I want to go get gas now. Zuzu B. <laughs> Zuzu, Zuzu B, yeah. guys. You can see uh, the gas one station. One B or two Bs. Two, you, be two like a bumblebee. Like a bumblebee. Yeah. Trust me, you type in Zuzu, it's coming up, folks. Yeah. So I did a project. A guy reached out. He owned the gas station. It's up off in Austin, like Cameron Road, Windsor area, which I'm not super familiar with. I'm on no, south, no, no, no. south Side. I'm South Side as well. Hell yeah. How deep are you going South Side? I mean, I live off Lamar, but I grew up off Slaughter and Mopac. I'm Slaughter Mopac. Hey, high five. High five. You got to come out to the house. Yeah. Bring your boyfriend. Cool. I'll do a uh, pizza party with wine. We'll jump in the pool with the kid and the dogs. If you got a dog, bring one. We'll just have some fun. Okay, I'm in. I'm into that. We have lots of things to catch up on after this. Yes. Cool. Um, so, what was I Gas saying? station. Gas station. So, a guy reached out. He said, hey, I have a gas station. Come up You're and like look at gas it. I'm like, okay, cool. So, I went up and I was like, wow, it's like... Like he like legit wants me to paint this gas station, which you know is not the most exciting platform to paint on. But he had the best energy, and he was so cool. He was from that neighborhood, and he really just wanted to create this like cool experience. So he redid the convenience store to be more like you know local vendors and tacos and like get some. Like, Dude, local this is drinks. my dream. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, I will tell you the address Please. later. But. I love the project. It was between me and 
a couple other artists and he ended up choosing me and he was really open with the creative direction and so I said I wanted to do he said that the building from the highway which you can see his gas station from the highway and it was a gray building and so it was just getting washed out sure. in the sky and so he wanted something to stand out and so I pitched doing this like creative geometric abstract design in Texas sunset colors Oh. He was super easy. He let me re, like, kind of redesign the colors of his signage to go with the artwork. And it took me... He actually wrote a check. I mean, he's changing signage for you. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a solid job. And he... Solid job. I like that, I like that kind of talk. It, it was, was a solid good. job. Yeah, it good. And it took me almost a month to do it. I, I painted the top half of the building on two of its sides. And it, uh, it allowed me to just like free flow with that design because when I do abstract geometric spray paint work there's no rhyme or reason you're just taking your colors making shapes layering on top of layering until you're like yeah this section you're like moment, moments yeah you're capturing moments yeah and so I did the whole wall and I stepped back and I I just love it I mean even though it's on a gas station even though it's on the north side and I barely ever see it I just like feel really good about it I mean it was just a solid piece solid client and, and it like made the neighborhood more beautiful. You know, it was this drab building that now is like this really cool piece of art that I did. But it's also the dopest gas station in Austin hey. now because, well, seriously, how many gas stations do art? I, and, and, I, and I mean this as a call to action for like, how many gas, how many coffee shops legitimately do art? Very few. Mm-hmm. How many gas stations do art? Well, no, we got one now. Honestly, CVS, whatever it may be. How many do art? What and, and, and this brings me to the next question. It's like my mind goes, oh shit! Like my mind spindles out. You say that my mind spindles out of fucking control. And I wonder for you, like, how do you contain that success? And you don't look at a CVS or a Walgreens or um, an Apple store. Or more importantly, maybe a Microsoft store. Hey, go ahead, stop copying Apple and do your own thing. How do you not grab one of those? And look, motherfucker. I, I, I wonder in the business probably like, the the people, whether it's a brewery or a computer kind. Like, that's what I did for a fucking gas station. But if you remove gas station and you put in anything else. You're like, oh, like murder row. What the fuck? Like I just, I'm just more of a pontification, but also a question. It's like, how do you keep your excitement for that? And at the same time, whether you hunt for business or business comes to you, to also find that next, where's that next gas station? What's that next? Do you have in your mind like an industry or a thing, the next gas station that goes, when they call, it's gonna be your next gas station. It's a weird thing to say out loud. Like I'm, I'm hearing myself, I'm gonna to listen to this later and go, I don't know why you had to say next gas station so many fucking times. But where's your next gas station? Or do you, or you know, or are you planning one? I don't know how that works. So for me. Like you're my next gas station, right? Real quick, I was already here, but Tim Kennedy, Jesse May Pelusa, Ophira Eisenberg, Jason Dick, Deb O'Keefe, um, I'm, I'm missing some celebrities that I've had in the podcast, which they're going to be pissed. <laughs> but that's because of Vanessa and Regan and other people. They're like, oh, like Vanessa was like, oh, you know what? You should really get um, 
this actor on your podcast. I was like, yeah, I should. He goes, he's my neighbor. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, I should. I don't know that Kevin Costner wants to come on, but if you tell him to come on, I don't know that I'm going to say a lot. I'm going to just be enamored by a man that I just want to hug for you a long time. Would be quiet during your podcast? I find that actually. No, but I would just talk over him and hug him. And just, you know, <laughs> we'd have whiskey. He's like, I'm just going to drink my whiskey with you. Like, hang Why on me. Talk to me. <laughs> just talk to me. It's going to be a two-hour podcast of me talking and going, uh-huh. <laughs> sure. I was going to tell you. It's fine. Well, you keep going. You tell my story. <laughs> tell me one more story. This is about you, right? Sure, I'm being interviewed, but this is about you. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, what's your next gas station? Is there a dream? Is there a thing you want to do? Whether it's Austin or somewhere else? Yeah. Des Moines, Iowa? I got some people in Des Moines. Yes. I can get you hooked up in Des Moines. I swear to God. I know the people who li- I literally know the people that run the city of Des Moines, okay. which is a terrifying thing. Legit real-life person city leaders who are just like, Jason, you should send us stuff. What's up, handsome? This guy, you should do some move. This young man right here. It's a man dancing in the doorway. What's up? What's up? This is Zeus. Hi. Great to meet you. Come here. Get over here real quick to the microphone. Because I, there could be something fun. So okay. one more shout out for A, what your YouTube adventures are. Destination show. Destination show. So I'm wondering, destination show. You're talking about destination. And, Let's get a sponsor for Destination Show. You guys are going to go somewhere. you got to bring this. She, while you're doing your show, is going to do art to encapsulate the show into a piece of art that then we can bring into Dive Bar that is Destination Show art, and then we're full circle. I, I was just about to say full circle. That's perfect. Full circle. Amen. Amen. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> so it's like, I've, I've actually got a booked year, but thanks for giving me. I just booked out my whole year. <laughs> I just booked out my whole year. <laughs> no, so I'm just, what's your next gas station? I keep interrupting you. I apologize. That's okay. So most of my, actually, no, no, here I go again, saying not. Here I go again on my all own. All of my work is inbound work. It's all inbound? It's all inbound, which I'm so excited that I don't have to go out and, and like hunt work down anymore. Cause I, you know, I used to pay to paint people's walls literally back in the day. And now people come to me and it's amazing. So I don't do a lot of outbound, you know, sales where I'm like trying to get people to hire me for their walls and stuff. But, which I feel very fortunate for. Sure. But, you know, I guess my, Dream in my dream world, I would be doing exactly what I'm doing, which is creating artwork that I love for people that love the artwork, and we have this collaboration and, and this beautiful big mural. But I would be doing it in more cities. So traveling and painting is kind of my okay my next adventure. I've so got, so I've got some people introduced you. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like like like. By the way, folks, take notes. Take fucking notes with that comment right there. Pause. Get your pen and paper out. Take a little notes. I said I have some people to introduce you to, and she didn't say. Oh, that sounds nice. She said, yes, you do. That's confidence. It's not arrogance. That's a confident artist who knows, can deliver, and has already overcome the hurdles of overcommitment and has decided, like, hey, yeah, you do. And those people are also going to recognize I'm an accomplished artist and I'm not going to get to them on, on, on Monday of next week as far as, like, I'm going to drop everything, fly to Des Moines on Monday. It's, it's a beautiful thing to say, and I think people need to hear that. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen. They reach out like, oh, I should do this. So I just, like, listen to the guests. 
I know that's only 10 minutes of the podcast. So listen to guess. <laughs> but listen to him because that's it, right? It's like, yes, you do. Of yeah. course. As does everybody. Folks, you want to get some shit done? You got her. You got her info. Go. Get after it. It's pretty easy to, to connect with her, follow her, email her. It's not, it's not terribly difficult. I mean, all your, I mean, I grew up with the, my dad used to tell me that you don't get kissed if you don't ask. So I, which really just means, you know, you have to ask for what you want in this world. And if you don't ask, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And if you do ask and somebody says no, then cool. Again, that's not no forever. You're like, high five, I'll hit you up in 72 hours and ask you again. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just not. Are you done yet? No. It's no. fucking working. No, I'm still here. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just, you know. In not doing any any like big outbound, you know, reaching out to clients, you know, I'm also not afraid to ask for what I want. So I want to do more festivals. I want to do more traveling. So I'm reaching out to people who, you know, have businesses in other states and festivals that are in other states and applying to different things. Which is so like the South by Southwest for Des Moines, which is done in the heart of downtown. But they actually bring in good artists, they have great food, they're fun people, a lot of insurance people, so a lot of pleated pants. They're like, where's my pocket? There it is. <laughs> if you guys don't know what that means, buy some pleated pants and you just Check get the first out. pleat, second pleat, third pleat, and then a pocket. It's amazing. They put dimes in their penny loafers, they're like, it's April Fools! These are still penny loafers! That's such a horrible joke. I'm going to make that joke work. I haven't figured out how yet because only I laugh at it really, but it's going to make that one work. Maybe it's because I'm not familiar with penny loafers. Uh, so I they're, they're a little them. shoe, they're like a slip-on shoe, like a driving shoe. They have tassels, and they've got this bleed in the front that they would slide a penny in in between these two leather things. You put a dime in there and you're really balling. Got it, got it, got it. Because it's not big enough for a silver dollar or a nickel. It really fits only a penny or a dime. Sometimes not even you have a quarter. To explain a joke. And that means it's not a good joke. Really I mean, maybe I'm not your audience for that one. But <laughs> the, now I the, know. The over 40 audience is like, I get it. It's amazing. When you say it again, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Thank you. I got That's you. very kind. <laughs> very kind. So, one of the crazy things about Alice in Wonderland, and we, we, uh, we're talking about art and all this stuff, but it, it kind of went fast, and now let's, I want to touch on it dinner parties. Mm -hmm. Generally, dinner, you dig dinner parties? So generally, dinner parties is like this dick-measuring competition of people sitting around, sipping wine, telling you, and you telling them. No one listens, right? It's all, it's the, it's the time where you get to raise your flag, but this is what I do, this is how I'm amazing, and then after I say it, I'm going to chime in with why I'm amazing. It's, it's basically having a conversation with me, ten of me, and then you. How do you navigate dinner parties? Because you seem, generally speaking, like, I think it's a weird thing, and correct me if I'm wrong. Your art explodes off walls. It explodes, I mean, it is, it is amazing. It explodes off of walls. Your hair, you walk in, you're like, wow. Your look, you're like, wow. But you seem to take a step back from where your art shines. Like, I want to let these, my, I want to let the personalities influence my art shine. I, I, I'll compare it to a Fabergé egg, if I can. The Fabergé egg is beautiful. What is a Fabergé egg? So it's a Fabergé egg is very, they're very expensive. They're hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're, they're meticulously designed eggs. 
but they're meant never to be touched, always to be looked at in Googles. And on, wow, but what makes it? Who made it? Ooh, it's so beautiful, wow. That's everything. If you don't touch it, you don't want to break it, right? And I bring that up because I go, where in the dinner party or where in life is the Fabergé egg? And where's, where are you? Is that the question? Yeah, because I want to know oh, the shit. difference. Okay. Because you are a little quiet, a little calm. Your calmness, your demeanor, the way you carry yourself, who you are, how you approach people, meeting Matt, coming to the bar, meeting me a couple of... You do not have the explosiveness that your art has. Your art's like this Fabergé that takes over the room and goes, shit, I gotta go see that. But if you walked into the room, minus the hair, you're almost like a wallflower. Mm -hmm. How does that, what's that transition like? Like, what mentally is that transition that goes, I'm me, and then shit, I'm gonna make this thing sing. Is there a mental switch? No. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Now she's good. I think that I think that like every person, we have kind of different versions of ourselves where like sometimes I mean, at least for me, sometimes I'm really outgoing and really loud and you know you really are like flamboyant with my hands. Yeah, dude, we're on a podcast. I'm a little bit more nervous than just hanging Why out. Why are you nervous? It's me. Well, I'm holding <laughs> a microphone, people, and there's no, there's no two turntables. There's just a microphone. And no woman loves listening to her voice. No, no man does either. I maybe maybe. No, I don't like listening to my own voice. Uh, but anyways, I I think that sometimes I'm as exuberant as my art pieces and those colors and flashy and loud. And I think sometimes I'm just a little bit more introverted and quiet. And it just depends on the mood and the people I'm around and if I'm comfortable or not. What kind of day I had what I did the night before, you know, like, there's just all these factors. So I think there's just multiple sides of every personality. How do you, how do you navigate the dinner party where someone's like, I'm Chuck, I'm a bank advisor, Chase, really good at it. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's really fun to be here. Thanks, guys. I brought the 82 Chateau Lafitte. Uh, it's my favorite. It really, uh, it's going to pair well with the pasta tonight. And then, you know, you got the guy. Yeah, someone else comes and is like, yeah, you know, I work for this whiskey company. I got this. It's an aperitif. Da, 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 da. You got all the things. And then it comes to you. And everyone has decided to, because dinner parties generally, right? Everyone's kind of thrown out. Like, they want to make sure at the table, everyone knows who they are. And I bring it up because it seems like to me, you are at such a comfortable place in life. You're not walking into a dinner party going who I am as much as you're walking into a dinner party going, who do I want to know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> also, as, you've been, as you've been elaborating on this dinner party. Yeah, it's I a fun have, dinner party, right? I have recognized that I've never been to a dinner party. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, when God, you said that, I, was like, I thought you were going to take that in the direction of there's a lot of kind of pop-up little companies and, and, and event producers that are doing dinner parties that yeah, match with an artist. 
But you're talking about some other kind of dinner, dinner party. I'm talking about like, we're all sitting down. I got wine. I'm making like, pizzas. Who, who put on this dinner party? I put How on the dinner party. Happen? We're going we're gonna, to we're, we, yeah, we'll do a dinner party where it's 30 degrees that night. And I'm like, did you pack your swimsuits? We're all jumping in my pool. Why? Because it's fucking cold. And I don't know. There's a guy named Will, Wim Hof who says it's okay for us. I mean, we'll probably don't get coronavirus afterwards. Is that before or after the awkward introduction at the table? That's a hundred percent before. You got to get in your swimsuit and jump in my pool, freezing cold, okay. and then introduce yourself because there's a humility that happens. That would be so much cooler. Mother Nature told you you're a bitch. All right, there's a thin pane of glass and some wood that separates you from being a bitch to being an arrogant piece of shit that goes I run chase on the West Coast. Shut the fuck up. You don't run shit. If your, wind break, if your window breaks and you're cold, guess what you're going to do? You're going to call in and go, i got to find a window guy. I can't make it in today. So you're a bitch. It's fine. We're not bitch in derogatory term towards women. Bitch as far as like, you just can't make it today. Right? Let's all even the playing field. My dinner parties are even the playing field. I don't care what you've done, what, where you're at, who's, what's going on. You think you're cool? What have you not made before? I've never made pizza. Good. You're making pizza tonight. I don't know how to make it. Great. You run Chase, make it. What the fuck? Make it challenges. My dinner parties are aggressive. They're aggressive only because let's get in the pool, let's get out, freezing cold, let's put a weird show on or something in the background, let's drink some wine, and then what don't you do? I don't cook. Great, you're making our dinner tonight. Well, what's the worst that happens? 30 minutes later, I order Domino's? Like, that's the worst that happens? You're a little embarrassed? Oh, you don't know wine? Great, you're bringing the wine. Well, why? Because you don't know wine. That's why. I'm into it. But that's the point. The point is to, to break people out. I would never invite you to a dinner party and go, can you sketch something for us? You don't do painting. No, no, no. I'd be like, what don't you do? You don't bake? <laughs> Make us a cake while we're here. How fun. Because it should be that way. Yeah. Because a dinner party should be a, one, a party, mm -hmm. a good time. Two, an experiment. Mm -hmm. And three, an insight not into our strengths because you celebrate those all day long. Yeah. What about our vulnerabilities? Like if we're going to sit down and have a meal and we're going to talk, we're going to have a good time, then I want to know your vulnerabilities. Not because I want to leverage them, but because I want to know you. Dinner parties used to be about knowing someone. Conversations used to be about knowing someone. We missed a step in celebration and discomfort. We missed a step of where it's like, I want to celebrate you, and I do, but I also want to know how I can make you better. And making you better doesn't mean celebrating where you're greatest. Making you better means, let's talk about some things that you're not great at. Oh, you're not good at pizza? Okay, we're making pizzas tonight. You're making them. I brought the dough. I did the hard part of the dough. You design it. What do you want on there? I don't care. I'll go buy all the fucking groceries. I do not care. But I want you. I don't want your art. I don't want the thing that brought me to you. People make, I believe, a big mistake. They rely on what connected us. They do not rely on what connects us. Right? And there's a big difference there. And what connects us, quite honestly, is where we fail, not where we succeed. So let's, let's bring it down to a common denominator. Let's have some fun. 
oh, you want to do, you want to come over, grab your man, Saturday, March 21st, and do boozy coffee and donuts and talk shit with reporters and other artists and sit in my living room and fucking have hallucinogenics and and everything else under the sun. And for an afternoon, there's a pool, there's a fireplace, there's TVs on. But instead of celebrating, measuring, you know, big dick, big clit energy, whatever you want to call it, right? Instead of doing that, it's the vulnerability of saying, fuck, I want to do this, but I'm a little scared. And then someone goes, you're a little scared. I know that person. You shouldn't be scared. Come on, let me lift you up. Where does that dinner, I mean, those are the dinner parties that are created, that I think should be created across the board. Get on it. Well, I do. That's what the, I mean, the, you're that, already doing it. I'm already right? doing it, right? That's what I, I, I believe we have a date. It's <laughs> March 21st. <laughs> Ian, buddy, we got, and, uh, and David. David, he allegedly makes the best nachos. Call him well, out he's not shit. making nachos because he yeah, no, exactly, exactly. He's not making nachos. He's making fucking pizza. Ooh. Right, I'm making I'm making homemade donuts because I don't do a good job with that. I used to be a dessert chef, but I can't figure out donuts. I can't. It's not that I can't. I don't know. There's a step I'm missing, right? I see everyone make them, I, but I'm missing. And there's a step, and it's not a missing a step in the recipe. It's missing a step in in my association with what I'm doing. Because food's a living thing. So if I come in, I'm like, fuck, I'm sorry, I'm missing you. It's like, yeah, you I'm are. Sorry, little guy. <laughs> but it's like I'm coming in, I'm like, fuck, and throw it in the fryer. Throw it in the cast iron pan with the oil boiler. I've got to change my attitude about it, right? Even if they're not the best. They're my best for that moment. Which is, once we circle back, art under the bridge. That was your best for your moment. Oh, you just you just rolled that back in? I will roll it back okay. in. But that was All your right. best for the moment, right? Yeah. That was your best for the moment. I think and you can go back and judge it, but that was your best for the moment. I think that if, if we walk through life and we thought to ourselves that everybody is doing the best that they can in this moment, which we are, no one's trying to be a shitty person or do shitty things. Like, we're all fucking trying. If we just see that in people, we would all be a little bit more easygoing. Everyone's doing right? their best. Life is complicated. There's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> it's really complicated and stressful. And we're all I'm, doing our best. I'm, I'm throwing up dinner parties to you. You're like, fuck. I mean, I want to say yes. I already text my yes. man. Let's get this done. Well, I already said yes. Shit. I already said yes. I'm in. But I mean, that's that's the that's the moment. Though, though, I think I think those are the things where you take a step back and you go, you know what? I'm going to be, for lack of a better term, it's overused a lot, but I'm going to be a little vulnerable. Vulnerable not to my art, which I believe is a great expression of who you are, but also there's a layer between you and that art. But I'm going to be vulnerable to the fact that I'm going to, I'm going to let my guard down to be around people. I'm going to be vulnerable about me. And I think those are two separate things, right? Mm -hmm. Vulnerable on my art where you can put it up and there's mm -hmm. going to be positive, negative comments on Instagram. I don't know if you read those comments or not. I'm assuming a majority of them are positive. I don't right. read comments ever. I post comments sometimes. You just told people to leave you comments, man. I know, but I never leave. I never listen. I never listen, but I still like them. Okay. I like to see the number. I'm okay. like, you have 12 comments. I was like, well, oh, that's good. You should read those. <laughs> no. 
I don't. I have this. And I'll ask you this. Where where are you on influence? When someone makes a comment, mm -hmm. do people influence your art? Or do you look at the comment and go, thanks, but I'm on my own trail? And I don't mean to dis discredit the comment as yeah. much as like they might not know, well, obviously don't know what's going on in the brain. Right? Like you are creating a progressive succession that does that that fulfills this and if you only see one part of it you'll never know right. but if you get all the parts you get her phone number and then she you text her and then she comes to your house and, and paints your garage so fuck people stop judging <laughs> people are going to look at your art now they're going to try to find a five i mean get it <laughs> get it get, get it. it son come on i don't have I don't really have a lot of experiences with negative comments and like rude people commenting on. God me. bless you. You you know. But I also also I will tell you honestly I pump out a lot of positivity. I'm not posting the negative shit about my life and all the sad shit. I'm like pumping out positivity because I believe that that I'm putting that out and that's coming back. So sure. It it would be weird to me for somebody to see a piece of of my art online and then just to talk shit because. I'm also not the type of woman who would just allow that to fly. You know what I mean? I like, like hold on, this I, is my favorite. This I, is my favorite part of the podcast right now. Because your 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 motion, your hand, your arm, this whole body of you just like this is where we should get the camera and do YouTube. Because your whole body, you're like, listen, I'm gonna put up with that shit. I'm not having that shit. Yeah, it's the other side of the personality. <laughs> like, you know that fierce side, but I just don't tolerate. Uh, Negativity, I don't tolerate rude people. So, you know, if somebody did leave, like, you know, everyone has, I mean, art is subjective. You can have your opinions. Sure. You can reach out to me and, and give me constructive criticism all day. I love that. But don't reach out to anyone in life and just tell them they did a shitty job because someone like me is going to call you out for why you just did that in a public platform without any solution. Like, you think that art's shitty? Let's talk about it. Let's go yeah. out coffee. Tell me what you think. I'm going to be a better artist. High five. But, I mean, nobody's really done that, so I haven't had that opportunity to make that coffee chat. But I, I really get, like, positive feedback from people. Or, you know, or don't say anything. Yeah. You know, just leave it. If you don't, like your it. If you don't like it, move on. Yeah, bye. It's a beautiful thing, right? You get it. You get it. You get, you get Instagram allows you to yeah. scroll right past. Mm -hmm. You don't have to follow. You don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. It's the great thing about social media. I find it weird that we have to. We live in a world where we're like, well, I don't. If that person says it, I gotta, I gotta move them away, or I've gotta kick them out of the group, or I've gotta do this. And I implore all social media companies. I'm like, don't, don't kick them off. Empower the people to block stop, don't follow, whatever it may be. Empower to be able to do that. Also, let them sing. Mm -hmm. I want to know who the crazy fuckers are. Mm -hmm. And if you block them, I don't get to know who the crazy fuckers are. Like, if there's if there's incels out there who are just sort of like, you know, want to date an artist and they're so mad because you have a boyfriend, like, I'd be perfect for her, I'm, I'm the man. Don't stop that person from posting. One, A, let you block them. And B, also, let the world know who this crazy asshole is so that A, two things. One, they can look back and see what they did was crazy. They're not, they're not kicked off the platform. As soon as you kick someone off something, 
there is there's no retrospect, right? There's no thing that makes me look back and go, fuck, man, I probably should have said, there's a lot of things I want to say that I pause and I write down because I have that filter. Some people don't have. It's not a knock against them. I just have an extra filter. It's called a wife and a kid. It's really not me. That say, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. Some people don't have that, and that's okay. But you should be able to look back and go, hmm, I probably shouldn't have said that. Now, I'm not saying you have to retroactively go back and apologize for every dumb fucking thing you've done, but I'm saying when you're blocked and kicked off a platform, you do not have that opportunity. Instead, you're emboldened by what you've said, and you get to keep running that course versus someone, and now, now mind you, the serial dick pic sender, the person who just serially says something bad and doesn't not learn from their mistakes, I believe there's a place for them, and that's called you blocking them. I don't believe there's a place for them that says they should never be on a platform. I believe they should exist there forever with their one follower. And they can put as many hashtags as they want on as many stuff as they want, but they've been blocked, so they're pre they're reverberating in their own crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. I also, I just think that haters are gonna hate. And yeah. I think that if nobody's hating on what you're doing, then you're not doing it well enough. Because if no one's paying attention to you and, and talking shit to you, then like, you're never gonna get better, so it's like, there's always gonna be people who like see your artwork and they're like, eh, that's okay. And to me, I'm like, cool, I'm gonna do way better next time because you just said <laughs> my, I got a, yeah. Because you just said <laughs> my piece was eh, so eh. I got it. But But then so you get that, how do you balance that? And then you get other people that are like, holy fuck! I want this tattooed on my arm. Mm -hmm. Mentally, how do you balance both. I am, I am a very sensitive woman, and so when people praise my artwork and they love it, it makes me feel really great and gives me a high. And then when people, like I said, no one's like talking shit to me about my artwork, but when somebody that I care about that knows they can be honest with me tells sure. me maybe I could have done better or I should have spent more time on this or you know whatever the the constructive criticism is. I am very sensitive to that, so okay. I, I appreciate it and I want it. Sure. But it's, it's hard to it's hard to navigate like kind of that field where you're like getting feedback about something that you put a lot of time and effort and love into, and it like wasn't quite good enough for some people. And I mean, again, it's like from perspective. You can look at that and you can be like, "Oh, I'm so sad. They didn't love my artwork. I'm gonna go cry at home." Or you can say, okay, that didn't feel awesome, but I'm going to make better artwork now. Thank you. High five. And then make better artwork. So, so what we were talking about earlier before, before uh, we, we kick on the mics, just to bring this up. Yeah. Throwing the six-pack carriers, colorblind design. And you're like, oh, I'm having a good time. Do something. <laughs> I got to bring it up because you brought it up. There's six of them here and someone's like, I like this Zeus one. I don't like that one. I want this one. This, do you look at the one that someone's not choosing and go, man, I could have made that better? Or you're like, no, that one's for somebody else. I think that our And by the way, is that a weird thing? Because you know people are going to do that. You yeah, know if we have yeah. six or ten yeah. of those here and you've designed two of them, you know yeah. someone's going to be like, no, I only want this one right over here. Yeah. I don't want that one. And you're like, fuck, they're both made by me, asshole. I mean, I think just it's like human nature to want to be great and amazing so if there was six 
pieces of art and I, <laughs> and I had one or two of them, I would want those pieces to sell first so sure. I could feel great about myself. But I think that if somebody, let's, you know, as you said, somebody wanted to buy mine but not somebody else's, I wouldn't look at that piece of art and be like, damn, they should have done better. I'd look at that piece and say, our styles are completely different and somebody's going to love that. Somebody's sure. going to love that as much as they love mine because the reality is, is there's artwork for everybody. Not everybody loves the work that I do. Not everybody, I don't know. They're called blind people. It's okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Maybe. I appreciate that. But, you know, I don't love... I don't love every art piece that I see in the world. That's that would be ridiculous. But I can appreciate it for what it is. I can say, hey, somebody put a lot of heart and soul into that, and I I dig this about that piece. But maybe it's just not for me. So as an artist, you have to know that not everyone's gonna love your shit. Yeah. And it's just the way it is, and it's fine. It's all good. Where, as an artist, and and um, and as an entrepreneur. What, um, and as we're watching Alice in Wonderland. We're still watching it, by the way. We are. We haven't looked at it. No, we, we looked at it a little bit, but it, it comes back to Alice in Wonderland. As, as she's in the court, um, you know, people are going after her. It's still creepy. What are, it's super creepy. I mean, mm -hmm. do not watch this on acid for sure. But also, what are your, um, as, a, as a female entrepreneur, which is, if, if you navigated a female entrepreneurship through Alice in Wonderland, right, which is kind of it. Honestly, come over here. It's gonna be amazing. Hold on, wait. It's gonna, it's gonna get crazy. Oh, do this, do that. Do it for free. Do an internship. Pay for your own products. Have people yell at you. Have, you know, where's the court of public opinion? Oh, now you're getting hired. The young girl sees your art, or the 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 young woman who sees your art and goes, it is inspired. What's the message you have for them? What's the thing that you look at them and you're like, you know what, hey. And if I'm speaking out of school, just be like, oh, Jay, Nolan, you're missing the boat here. But if you remove, and I don't know for your world, but I'll just put it in general for entertainment. If you remove the Weinsteins, you remove the, the assholes. You remove the people that are just like, hey, come over here and paint my wall. Get in your pants. Paid you a lot of money. If you remove those assholes, and you get back to the true person of who it is, what is the thing you would, you would tell young entrepreneurs, especially young female entrepreneurs, as a person, as a daughter, that would play back to her 20 years down the road, and I go, hey, it's not easy. In fact, it's probably not. It's not. It's way harder for you than it is for me. And I complain a lot about how hard it is for me. What's the advice that you give them for for pushing forward in a world that goes, that's cute. You know what? As a lady, you did a good job. <laughs> look at that's your face. Funny. Your face. That's, your face. Just, your face is like I've heard this. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that's cute of you to say. That's cute of you to say. I think, I mean, I grew up with a very loving family and parents who told me my whole life I could do anything I wanted to do and encouraged whatever I was into. And so that lifted me up and made me really believe that, which I still believe. And I now push that vibe onto other people. So, you know, I think my advice to man or woman 
whomever is you just have to follow your dreams and work really hard for it deal with all the bullshit and keep pushing forward it's about perseverance and patience and practice and putting love into what you do and also like not selling out and and sticking with what you love rather than just trying to make money so that's that's my advice I like it. I could have gone on for a while. I was like deterring. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why you didn't go on for a yeah. while as much as I do. Yeah. <laughs> like you had a free reign to just but, run. Okay. I will also say run. That, I will also say that I make art because it makes me feel great. But what makes me feel great is not only creating the artwork, but the reactions of people that see it. So you know, I create a mural or a piece of art, and my purpose for that is for someone else to see it and bare minimum, it makes them feel good. It makes their day a little bright, which is probably, you know, when I think about why I choose the style and the color that I do, it's because they make me feel good, so I hope they make other people feel good. But if there is a young girl that sees my artwork and she says, that makes me feel good, and it's awesome that, a, that a, another woman made that, and I want to do that, and it inspires them to be creative, to make art, to do whatever it is that they love doing, then that's really why I make artwork and that is super fulfilling to me uh, do you feel weight on your shoulders as I mean as as I as I, I literally I, I add weight right I'm like oh my daughter like I show yes. her you mm -hmm. do you feel weight of the fact that the Andy's got two daughters mm -hmm. I have a daughter you I mean you know many other people that have daughters right. and they go Look at her. Not look at her like you should copy her, but look at her because she she followed her dream. Do you feel weight of like, hey, let me carry this monarchy until the next woman comes up and, 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 and uh, takes it? I do not feel weight. It doesn't feel heavy to me. It feels like carrying a torch. It's more empowering, I think, than, than it feels heavy. I do think when I think about you know things that I'm putting out to the public and things that I'm sharing on social media you know I I think that I am a little bit more raw and a little bit like grimier than I am what I show on Instagram because now I know that I have friends who have daughters and kids who are looking <laughs> they're looking at my stuff and so yeah. so now you know I've created a lot of artwork that has profanity that has like you know this like like strong messaging that may not be the best for young girls to see, but or the best for young girls to see, because guess what? Girls can cuss. Yes. Girls can have fun. Yes. But girls I... can go out and do aggressive yes. things, just like yes. guys can. And once again, the only word my girl can't say is "can't." Right. I mean, I'm into it, but I also am not trying to encourage young girls to be dropping f bombs everywhere because that. Would not be awesome when you know unless they're like, stand-up comic Annie Alderman. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's you know there's a right age for everything I just I guess my point is I've become more conscious of of who my following is and, and the demographic of, of people and, and young people that are looking at my work and I never want to offend anybody and I never want to negatively influence anyone especially especially young kids and so I try to be authentic in myself and how I carry myself through life and there's a lot of F-bombs in that and you know there's 
It's a lot of cabbage farming in there. There's so much Etymology, kids. Farming. There's a lot of cabbage farming. So many cabbage farming. Uh, I could be a cabbage farmer at this point. <laughs> and so I try to, it's just, everything is just a fine line, you know. It's I try to be conscious enough to not offend people, to not be instilling negative values into younger people, but also remaining authentically myself. I mean, I'm at the point where I, like, post something and I'm making a caption and I'm like scared to, to swear because I'm because I think to myself there's young kids looking at this there's clients looking at this what are they going to think and then I'm like I don't really fucking care but I do care it's complicated man it's a complicated thing um, it's weird to look at someone we you know as we tackle art right we went two different ways right you, in the way you talk about your art career, like you've built things up, right? And what you've done, the corporate clients you've gotten, and everything you've done. You've built it up from the, from the ground up in a way that is positive, in a way that is um, energetic, and, and it mirrors a lot of, of the transitioning of your art and what you've done and, and what you've accomplished and what you want to continue to accomplish. Hey. And then, and then you have B, right? You have, let's take me as a knucklehead over here. And I go, oh, yeah, I just, I literally kick up this podcast and going, movies matter for conversation. It's all they matter for. If you want to watch a movie, go to Alamo Draft House, sit down, shut the fuck up, watch it. If you turn on a movie in a house, understand this. The host's favorite movie is playing, and you're talking until they say, Bruh. and it drives you to the movie. And it was the whole idea of this. But it came from a point of F-words, interjection, interrupting, long, tirade, long diatribes about everything. It came from all of that, which obviously it still exists in this podcast. But I, I love the juxtaposed of this and your art because it is one of those beautiful things. I get to, I get to take a step back and I get to show my daughter and I get to go, if you think, and I'm speaking foreshadowing, if you think the words that come out of your meat suit really fucking matter, if you really, if you're tore up about a word you used, you, it's not you, it's the person. It's not you, it's the person. And in all of that, if you want to get back to you, focus on what you have created. You have an opportunity. You really do. You have a beautiful opportunity, as, as all entrepreneurs do, to either A, Take the weight of the world and try to put it on your shoulders and not offend anyone and just murk, 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 mm -hmm. right? And be the almond milk of life with no sugar. That 30 calorie shitty almond milk. Boring. Boring. Or you can be you and people are going to love it and people are going to hate it, but you're going to be you. Howard Stern was Howard Stern for a lot of years and no one liked him. Kicked off the radio after radio after radio after radio show. Get kicked off. Sirius XM, a billionaire. No one wants to look at 20 years of dog shit at all. 
No one wants to look at the hard times of where he's like, no, I'm focused on my art. And obviously you don't live in the same vein of, of uh, controversial art that Howard Stern lived in, but you live in the same vein of the fact that you create. And you do things, and you do things in an effort that go, no, but this is me. And so before my daughter sings about the, no, go ahead, cough. <laughs> That's a Trump moment, folks. For you that don't know about that thing that happened on 60 Minutes or whatever, it was just a joke. Not mad at anyone. People get like, why'd you yell at Matt, the producer? He's so nice. He barely talks. I get those emails sometimes. I'm like, I didn't yell at him. Why did I yell at Matt? All the time. Oh, <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Before my, before my daughter sings about the first time she took a shit and she loved it and she's celebrating it, I want to I wanna actually, I'm going to close out with you in your final moment. I'm actually going to leave the closing words to you. And uh, what I would ask is, for whatever inspiration, if you want to take it a different route, by all means, go ahead. And be like, I'm going a different route. But in, in the world we're in, in everything where people are triggered and things happen, You've still you you found a way to create art. You found a way to create art, create a create, create a community, and in that community, create a profession, a profession, get paid, and everything you've done. Where, in all of that, honestly, and you take a step back and you go, man, who? The young boys, the young girls, sitting down, they're they're thinking, I may want to be. An artist, an artist broad term, big roller brush. Not necessarily that you would have been an artist. What would you tell them that go, these are the hard parts, it's gonna get better, and these are the good parts, and by the way, the Grand Canyon between the hard parts and the good parts is literally a fucking Grand Canyon. So vast. So vast. It seems overnight. If you watch me on Instagram, it's like overnight. It's like boop, boop, boom. In social media, in a world that's contrived, how do you decontrive it for them so they know your struggle, but they also know your passion and they resonate with your success? No pressure. Last <laughs> question. What do you want, America? Someone's at the door. This is uh, this is the only the ninth time you've interrupted the podcast, you son of a bitch. <laughs> get it, Zeus. Get it. Okay. Um, okay. So that was a lot. So what I, I know would, it's a lot to unpack. Here's what I would say. I would say. I would say that life itself and whatever you're doing is an ebb and a flow. There's highs, there's lows, there's everything in between. And I think it's all, again, perspective. I think it's how you learn to deal with those things. Okay. You, nothing that's great will be easy. And I think if something is easy, it's probably not that great. It's probably, to me, kind of boring. So I think that people should decide what their dream is, they should go after that, and that's it. It's super simple. And the path is not simple. Me saying that is very simple. There's nothing simple about that. But I think if you know where you want to go, then you move in that direction. And you do what you got to do to get there. And 
people who are not on your side can go fuck themselves and you surround yourself with people who help you level up and you constantly become a better person, you hone in your craft, you do what you love, and you just keep doing that day after day after day. And you work really hard and one day you wake up and you look back at your life and you're like, I'm doing it. And then you keep doing it, and you wake up another day and you look back and you're like, holy shit, I did it, I'm still doing it, I love it. And you just keep going and it's it never ends, it never gets easy, it's just, you know, it's just the way it is. You just keep doing what you love and you put all of your love into it and then it, it pays off. So, two things. One, from you, designed by you, I want a t-shirt that says I'm doing it. <laughs> I want you to sell that and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the first buyer. I don't wanna, I, I, I don't wanna be given one, I wanna buy one. Okay. I wanna buy a t-shirt that says I'm doing it designed by you. I do, and I want I, I want it because I want it, because that is a fucking amazing. I love that. I l that's the best. I'm doing it. Hey, thanks. That's the best. It's fucking awesome. I'm doing it. That's I need that bumper sticker, T-shirt sticker, tattoo. You let me know. I'm getting it done. Boom, coming at you soon. Coming at me soon. I after, love it. After the dinner party. After the dinner party. So, folks, we got a dinner party. We got an I'm doing it. Thing, hat, t-shirt, handkerchief. We're, we're going to figure that out at, at, probably at the dinner party. But now with that, someone else who did it a little before she was doing it is my daughter taking her first shit. Party people, enjoy this, and I'll talk to you soon. See ya!